This is the Internet Multicasting Service. Harper Audio presents James Thurber's Fables for Our Time, read by actor Peter Ustinov. In these stories, Thurber follows the classical model by using animal characters to parody human activities. The Scotty Who Knew Too Much Several summers ago, there was a Scotty who went to the country for a visit. He decided that all the farm dogs were cowards because they were afraid of a certain animal that had a white stripe down its back. You are a pussycat, and I can lick you, the Scotty said to the farm dog who lived in the house where the Scotty was visiting. I can lick the little animal with a white stripe, too. Show him to me. Don't you want to ask any questions about him? said the farm dog. No, said the Scotty. You ask the questions. <laughs> so the farm dog took the Scotty into the woods and showed him the white-striped animal, and the Scotty closed in on him, growling and slashing. It was all over in a moment, and the Scotty lay on his back. When he came to, the farm dog said, uh, What happened? He threw vitriol, said the Scotty, but he never laid a glove on me. A few days later, the farm dog told the Scotty there was another animal all the farm dogs were afraid of. Lead me to him, said the Scotty. I can lick anything that doesn't wear horseshoes. Well, don't you want to ask any questions about him, said the farm dog. No, said the Scotty. Just show me where he hangs out. So the farm dog led him to a place in the woods and pointed out the little animal when he came along. <laughs> A clown, said the Scotty. A pushover. And he closed in, leading with his left and exhibiting some mighty fancy footwork. In less than a second, the Scotty was flat on his back, and when he woke up, the farm dog was pulling quills out of him. What happened, said the farm dog. He pulled a knife on me, said the Scotty. But at least I have learned how you fight out here in the country, and now I'm going to beat you up. So he closed in on the farm dog, holding his nose with one front paw to ward off the vitriol and covering his eyes with the other front paw to keep out the knives. The Scotty couldn't see his opponent, and he couldn't smell his opponent, and he was so badly beaten that he had to be taken back to the city and put in a nursing home. Moral. It is better to ask some of the questions than to know all the answers. The Stork Who Married a Dumb Wife A Danish stork was in the habit of spending six nights a week out on the town with the boys, drinking and dicing and playing the match game. His wife had never left her nest, which was on a chimney top, since he married her, for he did not want her to get wise to the ways of the male. When he got home, which was usually at four in the morning, unless the party had gone on to Reuben's, he always brought her a box of candy and handed it to her together with a stork story, which is the same as a cock and bull story. I've been out delivering babies, he would say. It's killing me, but it's my duty to go on. Who do you deliver babies for? she asked one morning. Human beings, he said. A human being cannot have a baby without help from someone. All the other animals can, but human beings are helpless. They depend on the other animals for everything from food and clothing to companionship. 
Just then, the phone rang, and the stork answered it. Hey, another baby on the way, he said when he'd hung up. I have to go out again tonight. So that night, he went out again, and did not get home until 7.30 in the morning. This was a very special case, he said, handing his wife a box of candy. <laughs> five girls. He did not add that the five girls were all blondes in their twenties. After a while, the female stork got to thinking. Her husband had told her never to leave the nest because the world was full of stork traps, but she began to doubt this, so she flew out into the world looking and listening. In this way, she learned to tell time and to take male talk with a grain of salt. She found out that candy is dandy, as the poet has said, but that liquor is quicker. She discovered that the offspring of the human species are never brought into the world by stalks. This last discovery was a great blow to her, but it was a greater blow to Papa when he came home the next morning at a quarter to six. Hello, you phony obstetrician, said the wife coldly. How are all the blonde quintuplets today? And she crowned him with a chimney brick. Moral? The male was made to lie and roam, but woman's place is in the home. The Crow and the Oriole Once upon a time, a crow fell in love with a Baltimore Oriole. He had seen her flying past his nest every spring on her way north, and every autumn on her way south, and he had decided that she was a tasty dish. He had observed that she came north every year with a different gentleman, but he paid no attention to the fact that all the gentlemen were Baltimore Orioles. Anybody can have that mouse, he said to himself. So he went to his wife and told her he was in love with a Baltimore Oriole, who was as cute as a cufflink. He said he wanted a divorce, so his wife gave him one, simply by opening the door and handing him his hat. Don't come crying to me when she throws you out, she said. That fly-by season hasn't got a brain in her head. She can't cook or sew. Her upper register sounds like a streetcar taking a curve. You can find out in any dictionary that the crow is the smartest and most capable of birds. Or was till you became one. Ah! Tush, said the male crow. Pish, you're simply a jealous woman. He tossed her a few dollars. Here, he said. Go buy yourself some finery. You look like the bottom of an old tea kettle. And off he went to look for the oriole. This was in the springtime, and he met her coming north with an oriole he had never seen before. The crow stopped the female oriole and pleaded his cause, or should we say, cawed his pleas. At any rate, he courted her in a harsh, grating voice, which made her laugh merrily. <laughs> you sound like an old window shutter, she said and she snapped her fingers at him. Well, I'm bigger and stronger than your gentleman friend, said the crow. I have a vocabulary larger than his. All the orioles in the country couldn't even lift the corn I own. I'm a fine sentinel, and my voice can be heard for miles in case of danger. Well, I don't see how that could interest anybody but another crow, said the female oriole, and she laughed at him <laughs> and flew on towards the north. The male oriole tossed the crow some coins. Here, he said, 
Go buy yourself a blazer or something. You look like the bottom of an old coffee pot. <laughs> the crow flew back sadly to his nest, but his wife was not there. He found a note pinned to the front door. I've gone away with Bert. It read, You will find some arsenic in the medicine chest. Ah! Moral, even the yama should stick to mama. This has been Harper Audio. Harper Collins is the copyright owner of this recording and has consented to a limited distribution of Harper Audio as an 8 kilohertz computer sound file on Internet Town Hall. It is a violation of United States and international copyright laws to copy these recordings in any other way. Harper Audio is a trademark of HarperCollins Publishers, Inc. To order a copy of this tape or to request a catalog of all Harper Audio spoken word cassettes, please call 1-800-C-HARPER or 717-941-1214 or send mail to harper at town.hall.org. This has been a production of the Internet Multicasting Service. Support for Harper Audio is provided by HarperCollins and by Sun Microsystems and O'Reilly & Associates. Network connectivity for the Internet Multicasting Service is provided by UUNet Technologies and MFS Datanet.